Today I'm talking to David Butler, Vice President of Innovation for one of the world's most iconic brands, Coca-Cola. After taking a graphic design class in high school, David instantly knew he wanted to be a designer. He went on to major in mass communications in college and has studied economics, media, art, sociology and even meteorology. It's a mix that he says introduced him to a holistic system of thinking and a broad approach to design and solving problems. Since then, David has been an art director, designer, creative director, a junk professor, a director, a brand strategist, a business consultant, and a founder of a few startups, to name just a few. On joining Coca-Cola as vice president of global design in 2004, David was quoted as saying, Coca-Cola realized that they had a business problem. They just didn't know it was a design problem. And it was through design and under David's supervision that Coke revised their iconic status with a simpler global branded identity a design aesthetic that reflects Coke's bold simplicity, authenticity, and the power of red. Today, as Vice President of Innovations, it's David's job to create the systems, processes, and relationships necessary for Coca-Cola to produce as much value as possible through innovation. In this role, he is on a mission to discover 100,000 entrepreneurs around the world by partnering with organizations like UP Global that connect entrepreneurs with the communities and resources they need most. He's also a proclaimed systems geek, surfer, and natural optimist. David, welcome to the Challenges and Icons podcast interview. Thanks, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here also. I I just wanted to start off by talking about you and your role. You were promoted from your role of Vice President Global Design to Vice President of Innovation in January 2012. Well, that's nearly two years in now. How are you managing your professional change of role from the linear world of design to the ever-broadening world of innovation? Yeah, you know, the way I think about it is it's all design. Uh, You know, when I started at Coke, uh, the the focus was really around designing packaging and uh, equipment, machines, uh, you know, retail experiences and so forth. Uh, But now, you know, we're still designing, still designing new things. Uh, It just turns out to be more in the sort of space of business models. So it's it's all about design. Okay, so when you talk about your personal definition of an innovation philosophy, you are coming from a design-centric point of view. Is there a, a deeper definition or towards innovation that you might be thinking about? Yeah, you know, Jonathan, uh, you know, that word innovation is, uh, is sometimes a trap. I mean, you can get lost in that word and spend a lot of time, a lot of, you know, email flow, a lot of PowerPoint presentations, <laughs> a lot of meetings, just discussing that, you know, the concept of innovation. So um, for me, you know, we try to cut through all that here at Coke and uh, just connect innovation to growth. And uh, that makes it much clearer and, and simpler, frankly. Um, so again, the way we think about innovation is in terms of growth. How much, if we launch this thing, if we do this thing, how much growth will it create? And uh, again, you can kind of cut through a lot of clutter just by thinking about innovation in terms of growth. Yes, indeed. Cutting through the clutter is something that I see uh, badly done in, in many corporations around the world, but, uh, but also in some that it's where it's done extremely well and usually where there is a, a vision from the top or in a, a leadership position. But, but talking about corporations, at a corporate level, what do you see as the biggest challenges to innovation now that Coke is faced with a more prolific and dynamic competitive set than ever before? Yeah, really uh, two things. 
uh, agility and scale. Uh, you know, if, if you read any kind of news feed these days, you see another story about a, uh, a big brand, a big company that is struggling with agility. Uh, more recently, you know, BlackBerry is back in the news and, you know, uh, you know, BlackBerry, four years ago, they had, you know, a huge market share, maybe half, you know, 50% market share in the whole, you know, smartphone space or, or at least mobile phone space. Now today, they're, they're struggling to stay alive. And, you know, unfortunately, this is, this is the case. You know, this is what every company, every brand, especially every, you know, big brand is uh, facing these days. Uh, and, you know, so, you know, every company is faced with coming up with a new way to, to stay agile and much more agile than ever before. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, we spend a lot of time, or I spend a lot of time with the startup community, global startup community, and every startup struggles with scale. So, you know, this, these two things, agility and scale, are, are the two things that are facing every company, big or small, these days. Indeed, uh, agility and scale. And um, I've been reading recently about the woeful demise of Kodak. I, I guess it's another good example of a brand that had scale, uh, but that really just didn't use its agility and probably skills and innovation to work its way forward. And I guess it's a salient reminder for corporations that don't use the power that they have to be, as you say, agile. I think at a corporate level, we can see huge wastes of, of, of uh, waste of resources as well. Uh, there's something I've been talking a lot about recently, which is the great corporate innovation swindle, which means that there are a billion spent on research around the world, but for various reasons, and sometimes it's just simply a, a fear of change at a corporate level, um, the fear of risk, failure, IP laws, and even the shareholder structure of stock-listed companies, that these innovations rarely see the light of day. What do you think about this in the position that you're in? Yeah, you know, well, uh, Jonathan, number one, like we just said, uh, you know, the world is much more complex than ever before, uh, or at least we can see the complexity uh, better than ever before. Uh, so, you know, launching something new, especially, you know, globally, uh, you know, from a, especially through a, a global, you know, multinational company, uh, is, is much more complex than ever before. So that, um, that's just that's just part of life. That's just how it is these days. But uh, one thing we've learned, so about a year ago, we stepped back and, and really looked at the whole uh, startup community, you know, lean startup, agile development, you know, every, you know, the way that a, a couple of founders can, can launch and, and create a billion-dollar brand in, in just a couple of years, and really learned a lot. So, you know, one thing that we learned is that starting, you know, starting lean is key. So starting lean, I think, for us anyway, is, is critical to the future. Uh, so, number one, there, there's much more complexity than ever before, but starting lean is really where we're uh, is sort of the shift for us. I, I couldn't agree uh, more. Some of the best innovations that I've ever seen have come from environments which are deprived of resources, actually. Uh, and I'm not just talking about uh, corporations or companies with, with uh, you know, with lean resources. I'm actually thinking about communities around the world where I've seen incredible resourcefulness. You just need to look at the slums in uh, in India or Africa to see some of the most incredible inventive use of, of things that we would consider to be garbage and, and literally trash. So I guess it's the same principle that you're, that you're taking into the way that Coca-Cola is thinking about things, which is to start lean and be resourceful and agile. That, in a way, is what's keeping the innovation of Coca-Cola fresh. I wanted to talk, also ask you about the difference between uh, fundamental market-changing innovation and the daily creative campaigns that brands employ to keep market awareness alive. What, what are your thoughts on the difference between uh, this, the fundamental innovation and daily creative campaigns? Yeah, you know, uh, Jonathan, every company needs both. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a 
a startup, uh, in a startup, you know, wherever, Nairobi or if you're a big multinational in uh, New York, every company needs both types of innovation. Um, but it, it all comes down to, again, this notion of connecting innovation to growth. Uh, you know, some things create incremental growth. They keep the lights on, you know, the day-to-day sort of, you know, optimization, you know, incremental growth. Uh, and then other things create exponential growth, big, fast growth, big, you know, whatever you want to call it, game-changing, transformational things in the market. But every company needs both types, and that, that's really the challenge. How do you do both at the same time? Okay, so where do you feel today's best sources of innovation are coming from? Do, do you have a view on where they could come from in the future? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, it's been very well documented, but, uh, you know, business model innovation is the future, uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, no matter how you think about it, I think there's, you know, anyone would agree that, you know, the only way to create exponential growth, you know, sort of big, fast growth, you know, Instagram kind of growth <laughs> is through business model innovation. And that's where, frankly, big companies uh, struggle. Uh, think about Coca-Cola, over a 100-year-old company. We've, we developed a, we, you know, developed a business model that is working, has worked for 100 years, over 100 years ago. So to, to sort of come into that space and, and start developing new business models is, you know, can be quite challenging, uh, especially, you know, with, uh, we're in 207 countries huge footprint, you know, with stakeholders around the world. Uh, and, you know, so the developing new, fresh thinking, especially in the space of business model innovation, uh, can be difficult. Okay, so returning to a theme that we've touched on already, and in fact, you just mentioned uh, it already, technology. The digital world is really just having a huge impact on innovation. How is it impacting on you directly? And where do you think technology can take us and brands in the future? Yeah, well, uh, this isn't anything new, but uh, with what most people call the, the Internet of Things, you know, basically when, when everything is connected to everything, uh, I think that will create a much more transparent and, you know, hopefully collaborative world. Um, I think, uh, again, what many people call the Web 3.0, sort of the next, you know, next place the web is going, uh, you know, that world will be much, uh, much different than the world that we live in today. Um, you know, I think the whole concept of global brands could change, for instance. Uh, I mean, you know, look, turn over your phone and, and look on the back. It says, most likely it says, designed by Apple, assembled in China. You know, soon with uh, ubiquitous broadband, uh, everything being connected to everything else, uh, 3D printers being very common, anyone will be able to do that. Uh, you know, you could design something new, uh, upload it, print it, or, and assemble it, assemble your thing, whatever that thing is, your product, all over the world. Uh, and we haven't been able to do that in the past. Uh, and obviously this is exciting, challenging, all that at the same time. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. It's a kind of a new digital manufacturing age. And as you say, we're on the cusp of that already. It's, it's beginning to happen. And I, Again, I, I think that the next 10 to 15 years are going to be seismic in terms of the way that people think about brands and engage with products. And we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg on that. In fact, one of my recent guests was talking about how in the future he could imagine that his product would be simply 3D printed when his customers wanted to get a new one. And I think that's an indication there of what you're talking about at a mass level. It's hugely exciting and creative times for everybody involved and, and challenging also. So lastly, I, I just wanted to finish on a couple of questions. Social responsibility and sustainable innovation are high on everyone's agenda at the moment. What are your views and your approach on this? And, and maybe what else needs to be looked at in terms of innovation? Yeah, I think, um, uh, I, I think when, we, when we talk about sustainability, we're really talking about shared value. And uh, again, that's not a new concept, but you know, shared value, creating value for not only us, you know, in our case as a company, 
but also the communities where we operate. And again, we operate in 207 countries. There are only 209 countries in the world on the planet. So that's a big footprint. So uh, this, again, is not a new idea. It's just reality. This is how, you know, just the, the conditions for operating in today's world. So, um, but as you know, I'm sure you know, uh, you, you can't, this is not a PR thing. You know, you, you have to design this from the beginning with whatever you're doing. Uh, and, you know, for any company, it has to be woven into the fabric of the company. You can't just talk about it or, or tell a story. It has to actually be a part of how you operate. So that's how we think about sustainability. Okay, so basically what you're saying, be it rather than talk about it and have it integrated into the core of your very being and everything that you're doing. Exactly, and, it, and it's very easy to say that, just be it rather than talk about it. And it's very easy to say it. Uh, but actually instilling that into the processes and the, the systems and the subsystems inside the corporation is quite difficult. So, um, but again, that's just how, that's today's world. That's how you have to operate. So it would be great if we could just finish on a, on a vision for the future, for the people that are listening in. They tend to be creative. They tend to come from the marketing community around the world. And uh, this is a, a great opportunity for the listeners to hear David Butler's vision for the future of innovation. So tell us, how do you see it? Yeah, uh, Jonathan, really one thing, jobs. And I know that sound, may sound mundane, but I think if we can bring innovation out of the abstract, you know, out into the open, you know, we can, we can connect it to tangible growth uh, because we all need growth. And, you know, everybody needs growth, small companies, big companies, uh, developing economies, uh, developed economies, you know, my family, your family. <laughs> we all need growth, you know, and I think that innovation is, is really uh, just about growth. And all that can connect very tangibly to what we do, the way we work, you know, frankly, jobs. And that's a, that's a very positive and optimistic way to end this interview, David. I, I think uh, this idea of innovation linked to growth, which equals jobs, and the social responsibility that comes with that um, is, 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 is really huge. And it's a real, I think, uh, inspiration and model for other companies and corporations um, around the world of all sizes to, to take note of. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I think that it also demonstrates kind of in your role that the, the, the power that creative thinking um, can, can bring to, you know, businesses in, in a very positive way. So really, it's been a pleasure having you as part of our podcast today, David. I hope you found it useful. And uh, we look forward to seeing the growth that you bring to Coca-Cola. And in fact, um, as you said, to the lives of people around the world. Many thanks. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Jonathan. It's a pleasure. Thank you.